Get your Bibles open, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And I want to talk this morning about healing broken bodies. If you're new with us at Living Stones today, we're in a brand new series that kicked off on Easter Sunday called Come Alive. We're talking about how Jesus and the resurrection is the foundation for making us come fully alive. Uh, and we're just praying that, first of all, if you don't know Christ, that today would be the day that you'd say, yes, Jesus, be the center of my life. Because that's the starting point. God makes us alive. He makes our spirits alive. We talked last Sunday about how God heals our hearts and the brokenness in our hearts. And today we're going to spend some time not just talking about these things, but how many of you know God likes us not only to proclaim His Word, but to do His Word? So we're going to talk about healing, but then most importantly, we're going to give the Lord a chance to do what He does best, and that's to touch and heal some of you. I know many of you reached out to family members who are facing serious situations. In fact, we might be, uh, might be people here today that have come out that you're a special invite and there's a serious crisis in your life. We're excited that you're here. We're excited to see what Jesus wants to do in your heart. So turn with me. I want to lay some groundwork here. Then I want to have the worship team come back up and we're just going to worship our way out this morning and have some ministry one to another. First Peter chapter 2. I want to start reading in verse 22 talking about Jesus here. It says, He, meaning Jesus, never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he, was, uh, when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and we can live for what is right. By his wounds you were healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. What I want to do this morning is lay out some principles to prepare our hearts, not just to receive healing from the Lord now, but how many of you know we need to learn how to continually access the presence of God? Healing is something that God has provided for us. Healing is is something that the cross and Christ's shed blood provided for us, and we need to learn how to access that healing, not just this morning, but on a regular basis. So I want to highlight a few points here, and I want to start with verse 22 and look, first of all, at Jesus, our sinless healer. How many of you know sin is the cause of all of our brokenness? Debbie shared in her family upbringing how alcoholism led to brokenness, led to divorce, led to pain. How many of you know every single bit of our brokenness can be traced right back to someone's sin. It might have been your own sin, my own sin, or it might have been somebody's sin against you. But how many of you know every single one of us in this room this morning have received pain, hurt, brokenness from the sin of others against us, but we can't be too quick to point the finger because how many of you know in this room we're all guilty of hurting other people? Every one of us. We're sinners. And the reason we need to come to Jesus as our Savior is because He is the sinless one. How many of you know you're disqualified as a Savior if you also are a sinner? Because if you're a sinner, you can't be a Savior because that means you're broken and you need to be saved from your sin as well. So it is an absolute necessity that the Savior of the world has to be sinless. And the good news is Jesus is sinless. Because He's sinless, he can save. Because he's sinless, he's not broken. And because he's not broken, he can heal all of us that are in need of a Savior. That's the good news of the gospel. The Bible says he never sinned. 
nor did he ever deceive anyone. And I love this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Follow along with me this morning. It should be on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. This is what we call the great exchange, and this is good news for us this morning. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is the great exchange. We gave him all of our mess, all of our brokenness, all of our sin. That was all placed on Jesus at the cross. What did he do? He gave us all of his righteousness, his perfect life, his sinless life. That's what he gave us. That's that's what's on our behalf. So this is good news. This is salvation. The sinless one took your place so that you could receive all that he has to give in, in, in place. I mean, you know, God created human beings on the sixth day, the Bible says. He made us in his image and likeness. We're created to share the glory and the beauty of God. I mean, you know, Jesus was crucified on the sixth day. What happened to Jesus on the cross on that Friday? Beaten uh, beyond recognition, shed his blood, nailed to a cross, mocked, spitten, stripped naked, sexually abused in the sense that he was hanging there naked on that cross for all the world to see and mock and, and, and make fun of him. Jesus took upon himself as in our place as humanity, all of the brokenness and sin and, and sickness and disease he took upon his body so that we could be clothed in the glory and likeness of God Almighty. I mean, you know, this is the great exchange that, that God wants to do. And it took a sinless Savior to do it. Now, let me get to the problem, though. Look at the next point. Number two, Jesus perfectly responded to pain and injustice. Part of why we have ministries like Celebrate Recovery, part of why we have things like the Women's Encounter coming up is because here's why. We don't respond properly to pain and injustice. What do we do when we're hurt? We get angry. We get resentful. We seek revenge. We want to take a pound of flesh from somebody else who hurt us. Some of you are living in a cage of your own creation because you're full of bitterness over something that happened to you years and years ago. And you all know how this comes down. The person that hurt you, that you're still holding in that cage, they're not even thinking about you right now, but you're still thinking about them. You're still in the cage, and it's a cage of your own creation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want you to see the beauty of Jesus, because what Jesus models for us is a secret of learning how to receive healing. Look what the Bible says about Jesus, verse 23. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. How many of you have ever had somebody say something to you, hurt, hurtful to you, belittle you, mock you, insult you, and right away, man, out comes the poison from your mouth. You're going to lay it back on them. In fact, most of our family brokenness comes from this vicious cycle of arguing and, and yelling and screaming and anger and saying hurt, hurtful things back and forth to each other. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jesus, the only sinless one who was not deserving of any insult, took upon himself all of the insults that the devil could throw at him. But the Bible says this, he never retaliated. It says he didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. It's the sinful, our sinful response to things done against us. You know, Letitia shared about a situation of adultery. I can't think of a more painful thing in a marriage relationship than when one spouse is unfaithful to the other spouse. I mean, you know, that's devastating. Incredibly painful. 
And usually there's angerness and bitter and there's a sense of rage and how could you do this in a sense of retaliation that wants to happen. Jesus said this, don't seek vengeance personally and don't retaliate. Oh my gosh, is that hard? Is that hard? But he modeled for us a proper response because here's the situation. How do you block the healing of God in your life? By holding unforgiveness and bitterness and anger towards somebody else or by wanting to hurt somebody else. If you're sitting here today and your body is racked with pain, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there somebody in my life that I need to forgive this morning? Is there a pocket in my heart of resentment or bitterness that I need to allow the Lord to lance open? I'm going to share a little gross story here, but uh, it's a powerful picture. I didn't have this in my notes, so I believe it's the Holy Spirit, all right? When I was with Dr. Brent on the mission field, he treats lots of people with lots of situations. One young boy came up, and he had a, a goose egg on the back of his calf. He had been stuck with something that was dirty that punctured him, and that infection got inside that wound, and that thing swelled up like this giant bulbous, you know, pimply kind of thing on this guy's calf. Well, what do you have to do? Well, I'm glad I was with the doctor. He lanced it open. Some of the nastiest stuff came out of that young man's calf, and, it, and the, the, the pain of cutting that open was, was painful. But you know what? As soon as the pressure was relieved, and that infe- his calf was like on fire. It was so hot with infection. Some of you have pockets of stuff in your heart that the Lord needs to lance open this morning. And listen, it's a chain reaction that happens because when you allow God to deal with your resentment and your bitterness and your unforgiveness, your body gets in line for healing. Some of you are dealing with symptoms in the natural that are really caused from broken hearts. Jesus had every right in the world to seek vengeance and to make us pay. But Jesus hung there for you and for me, and he said, Father, forgive them. And he, he went low. You know, some of you are dealing with pain today that's incredible. And sometimes we're not going to understand what happens or why things happen until we're on the other side and we're in the presence of a God who is incredibly smart and knows what he's doing and is loving and kind in all of his ways. And then we're going to have an aha moment. But you know what? Until then, we learn to worship in the dark sometimes. And we have to open our hearts. And we have to trust God with the pain. I want to show you something. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. Does anybody know what was the first healing that ever happened in the Bible? You know, the first, first mentions are very important because they're instructive. First healing that ever happened in the Bible. I'm going to give you a hint. It wasn't the healing of a human being. It wasn't the healing of a person. It was actually the healing of water. Check this out with me, and I want to, I want to show you something that's powerful. Exodus 15, verse 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur, They traveled in this desert for three days, and guess what? They couldn't find any water. How many of you know God has a way of exposing what's in our hearts by causing us to be thirsty or hungry? Some of you, if you're hungry and you're like really hungry and there's no snicker bar handy, uh, you get irritable, right? Because there's no snicker bar. Hey, I'm hungry. Hey, hey, let's go. Hey, hey, pastor's preaching too long. Hey, uh." I mean, like demonic spirits manifest when you're hungry. 
So God has them in the desert for three days, and there's no water. How I many of you know they were throwing a fit? They were, they, were, they were slaves that God had plucked out of 400 years of bondage, and now there's no water. And look at what happens. They come upon this oasis called the Oasis of Marah. The water was too bitter to drink. And so they called the place Marah, which literally means bitter. So these are bitter waters. And look at verse 24. This group of slaves, all they've known is slavery their whole lives. Then the people complained, and they turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. And Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. And I want you to see what happened next. It was there at Mara that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard. Everybody say standard. A standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying all of his commands and keeping all of his decrees, then, notice the if then, this is a conditional promise. If you listen, if you do, if you obey, look what the then is. Then the Lord says, I will not make you suffer any of the diseases that I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. I want you to see something here. The first message that God had for a whole group of slaves, do you think slaves have had any injustice in their life? Do you think slaves have had any hurt or bitterness or resentment or any reason to hold unforgiveness in their hearts? There's generations of bitterness and resentment and revenge in the hearts of those people. And God raises their need because they're so thirsty they think they're going to die. They want to kill Moses. And he brings them to water. When they get ready to drink the water, the water is so bitter they can't drink it. And what happens? Check this out. Prophetic picture. They throw a piece of wood. I mean, you know, Jesus was crucified on a piece of wood. And the crucifixion of Jesus Christ dealt with the human heart so that the poison of the bitterness of sin that's been done by us and against us, the poison of that bitterness of sin could be removed from our hearts so that God could establish a covenant of healing with his people. Isn't it interesting that after God heals bitter waters, then he says, listen to me, if you'll stop acting like the Egyptians and you'll start following me, I will make sure that I reveal myself to you as Jehovah Rapha and I will heal all of your diseases and none of those diseases that came upon the Egyptians will ever come upon you. But what had to happen first? Bitter waters had to get made pure. Listen, I mean, here's, here's the message this morning. If you're carrying bitterness in your heart, I'm not saying God cannot heal you. I'm saying you're putting up some serious blocks to the full flow of the mercy and grace of Jesus in your life. How many of you know here's what you gotta do? If you're holding on to somebody, I got Ed, I, not literally, but I'm gonna show you in the spirit, I got him right around the throat. I'd kill him if I could, but I don't want to go to jail. But in my heart, I got them right here. Mm. Some of you think about those people that you like to choke to death right now. Those are the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about being able to come before the Lord. You know, sometimes we lift our hands to the Lord. What, what does that mean? It's a sign of surrender. It just says, God, I'm giving you the situation. God, I'm giving you that person. Lord, I'm releasing that bitterness from my heart because I want to be healed from the Lord. We talked about the self-protective walls that need to come down. Some of you need to forgive yourself. I prayed with a man this week who had trouble forgiving himself from shameful things in the past. Guess what? We all have shameful things in the past. There's men this weekend 
They confess for the first time, maybe to another brother, some things that the devil has held over their head for all their lives. There will be women in two weeks that will do the same thing, that will confess shameful things maybe that they did, that they're, that they're embarrassed about, that they're humiliated about. They have to forgive themselves. Some of you need to forgive yourselves today. Some of you need to stop blaming God. There are times when things happen when we get inflicted with pain or hurt and we don't understand it, and sometimes we point our finger at God as if he's done us some injustice. How many of you know God is not the author of sin of any, of any sort? God is not a sinner, and he's not the author of sin. We live in a sinful, broken world. Stuff happens. We don't like it. We don't appreciate it. But guess what? That's life this side of eternity. But we have a Savior. We have a Redeemer. We have a kind God, a good God, a merciful God, an overcoming God, a God who raises dead things to life, a God who calls dead things and says, come alive. That's the kind of God that we serve. And if you spend your life directing your vengeance on God, who's not the culprit, you will miss out on the fullness of the blessing that God wants to give you. Stop blaming God and start turning to him as a kind, gracious, generous, good father who wants to touch you and wants to bless you. We have to forgive others. We've got to stop seeking revenge. And let me just say this. You've got to put away the pride that says this. I'm good. You know, I love Greg's testimony through the tears. You know, I'll go to CR. I'll help all those broken people. I'm good. I'm good. Let me just pop everybody's bubble. We're all a mess. It's just various degrees of mess. What's your standard? To whom are you comparing yourself? Most of us find the most messed up person in the room. We say, oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, you're comparing yourself to the person who's most broken. Why don't you compare yourself to Jesus? You're messed up. And I am too on my best day. So what's with the pride? Sometimes we're more concerned with our spouse, what our spouse thinks of us, or what somebody on the row next to us thinks of us. Who cares? Why aren't we worried with what God thinks of us? The one who knows us inside and out, the one who knows our heart. In fact, listen to me. That's why I love when Edith came, came forward. She felt like God was wanting her to come forward. Sometimes getting out of your seat and walking towards an altar, there's, there's nothing holy about this carpeting or this place right here. There's nothing more holy. But there's something holy about obeying God. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus spoke to the lepers, he said, go and show yourself to the priest that you're healed. They weren't healed yet. They looked, they still were lepers. He said, go show yourself to the priest. It says, as they started walking... They got healed. Some of you got to move. You got to respond to God. Sometimes, you know, I've heard this. Invite someone out to the service. We're praying for the sick. You know what? If you're desperate, you'll come. If you're hungry, you'll come. If you're broken, you'll come. You won't care what anybody thinks about you because the pride that keeps you from what God has for you, you'll, you'll throw that away and you'll just say, I want what God has for me. I want the fullness of what God has for me. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She did everything wrong and countercultural, but she was desperate for a touch from Jesus, and so she went after it. That's what hunger does. That's what brokenness does. Worship team, come on back up here if you would, Harb. We're going we're gonna to jump right in here. Point number three I want to make. Trust your pain to God. 
The Bible says Jesus left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Can I just give you some good news? You don't have to punish people that have hurt you because, listen, there's a judge that's coming and he's going to take care of all that. This world is full of horrific injustice and pain. Good people, righteous people have horrible things happen to them. You don't have to judge and get vengeance now. You can put your case in God's hands and let God be your judge. Engine, that's what you've been doing. You've been putting your case in God's hands and letting him be your judge. There's people in this room that are full of injustice that's happened to you. Don't become bitter. Trust the judge. He is going to make all things right. Trust the judge. He is coming. Point number four, and this is important. We need to stop our old sinful ways, and we need to choose to live for Jesus Christ. Look at verse 24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin. Everybody say dead to sin. And live for what is right. I just got to say this too. If sin and brokenness opens the door to sickness and disease and pain, then I want to speak to you as believers. We live in a generation today that's gotten real sloppy with holiness. But I'm just going to tell you this. When you live a sinful life, you open the door to the enemy to bring every kind of chaos into your life. Jesus said this to the woman caught in adultery. He said, I'm not condemning you. And all, your, all the ones that could be condemning you are gone. But this is what he said to her. Go and sin no more. We can't have it both ways. You can't want the healing and the blessing and the provision of God on your life and yet continue to live and open sin in your life. Those two things do not go together. You can't open the door to the enemy over here and then expect God to close the door over here when you got the back door open because we're still living wicked lives. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Now, I got news for you. If your conscience is condemning you this morning because you know you're not living right, don't you dare leave here with a convicted conscience repent before God today. Ask him to forgive you. Tell him you want to start living correctly. Invite him in. He's waiting to forgive you of your sin. But the sin Jesus bore on his body on that cross was so that we don't have to live as sinners anymore. And that's important. Let's change the way we're living and let's begin to live for Jesus Christ. Point number five, Jesus' wounds secured our healing. And I want to drive this home. Listen to the word of God. By his wounds, Jesus, you are healed. By his wounds, I am healed. Say that with me. By his wounds, I am healed. Say it out loud again. By his wounds, I am healed. Who said that? God said that. It's in the book. That's the heart of Jesus. And that word healed, I looked it up this week. It means a supernatural healing drawing attention to the Lord himself as the great physician. This verse is talking about God doing something dramatic in your body that nobody else could do that draws attention to the great physician. That's what God wants to do today. Jesus' wounds secured our healing. And let me end with this last admonition, and then I want our worship team, to, or our ministry team to come up here. We've got to turn to the shepherd for healing. The Bible says this, once you were like sheep, wandering away. But now, now, today, you've turned to your shepherd, your pastor, your feeder, the guardian, the overseer, the bishop, the protector of your souls. 
there's something powerful that happens when we turn our hearts and we posture them in the presence of the Lord, who is our shepherd and who is our guardian. What a beautiful picture Peter laid out for us here in the Word of God to receive healing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet with me, and we're going to worship our way out of here this morning. But I want our team to come forward, and we want to pray for you. We've got some anointing oil that's right on the back side of that little black deal there that you can access on both sides. The Bible says to lay hands on the sick, to anoint them with oil. The prayer of faith delivers people. The prayer of faith heals people. We're going to join our faith with your faith and seek the Lord and ask Him to do some dramatic things today. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We honor your presence here. We ask you now to begin tearing walls down as we worship, as we sing, as we present ourselves before the Lord. Lord, let the walls come down. Some of you, God's lancing open your heart gently and strategically. You need to release some things that maybe you've been carrying. God wants to do some restoration. Some of you feel like the Lord's saying some of you have been dealing with headaches, uh, bad headaches. Let the Lord show you some of the stuff going on on the inside that's manifesting in headaches. Some of you are having trouble sleeping. Some of you are dealing with anxiety. Some of you are dealing with trauma in your life that's shaken you. And, and some of you are dealing with hurt and anger. These are all things that the Lord wants you to release. And so we're just going to start worshiping right now. I'm going to end this service in just a few moments with prayer. But in the process, I want us just to go back into an atmosphere of worship. And if you need to deal with something in your heart, obey the Holy Spirit. Come on down there. Let somebody agree with you. We want to pray for the sick today. And God's going to heal you today. Let's worship Him and honor Him.